Today we're going to find out together what a one-year-old IPA tastes like. <laughs> the story behind this beer, and he's laughing, the story behind this beer is kind of a funny one. And I brought it as my way of saying thanks, and uh, it turned out to be a slap in the face. So <laughs> I, I, I apologized profusely. What kind of thanks is that? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. What a lot of people don't understand is that there is a ton, a ton of science behind yeah. making beer. Awesome. Just absolutely awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Beer was never meant to be bougie. Alright, hey guys, we're uh, we're back again with another episode of uh, our podcast here. The premise of today's podcast is a, is a bit of an interesting one. My buddy uh, Ken here, uh, you, you Instagram savvy people know him as brewing underscore tasting. He's, he's joined us today. Today we're going to find out together what a one-year-old IPA tastes like. <laughs> the story behind this beer, and he's laughing. The story behind this beer is kind of a funny one. He he went down to a to a brewery and brought me back some beers. And as my wife, my way of saying thank you, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna I'll, I'll give you one of these beers. It's uh you know it's a good good name beer. Uh you know sought after brewery uh <coughs> treehouse. And when I gave it to him, shameless I didn't plug shameless there. plug, man. Hey, you gotta do it right. You gotta keep people happy because people want to know. Come to find out, I pulled the beer out of my fridge and I was like, oh my god, this thing is almost literally a year old. It was canned 11, 13, 18, and I didn't realize it, and I brought it as my way of saying thanks, and uh, it turned out to be a slap in the face, so I, I apologized profusely. What kind of thanks is that? Yeah. Here, man. Here's some trash. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for muling some beers for me. I so, know. We'll see. Yeah. So, so that's 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 kind of the premise of it. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. We'll do we'll do a tasting of it and everything like that. Uh, but you know, I've given him some uh, some not out of date beers. Uh, I gave him uh, triple IPA from uh, Bramari and Dissolver above the clouds, uh, and then I gave him one of those 192 uh, stovepipes from uh, Foothills. Uh, my buddy Josh, if you remember him from a previous podcast, he uh, he gave me one of the raptorial. IPAs or hazy IPAs, so uh, I've more than made up for it. I hope we'll find out. I'll let Ken determine if I've more than made up for it. He'll probably say no. Be on the lookout. I'm sure he's gonna roast me on uh, Instagram when he posts about this beer uh, and how I give him old, out of date beers and how terrible of a human being I am. So no, not a problem. Actually, I, when I saw that, I was kind of excited because my first thought was little little tasting sample to see see how the flavors have changed in the IPA over year. So. That's awesome. My my first inclination when I found out was embarrassment. So I'm glad that wasn't. I'm glad that was, I'm glad yours wasn't uh, anger. <laughs> all, all in the name of science. Right? That's right. That's right. Science. Speaking of science, obviously your your social media handle on Instagram is brewing underscore tasting. Yes, right. another shameless plug. Go follow him, people. I I understand you know the the brewing tasting part, but why that name specifically? It started out as a personal Instagram, just as my own little personal, and I realized that I was doing a lot more posting about beer. And the beer that I was drinking and I had you know personal family friends that were following me there and I kind of wanted to have my own little you know media to talk about what I was brewing and what I was tasting so in a change of I need to change this that's just what ended up coming to coming to mind that's awesome and obviously I, I homebrew um, I was gonna say I was like so the brewing part right because obviously we all we all like to taste beer we all like to try it <laughs> right right but, yeah and as a matter of fact that's why I started home brewing years ago I enjoyed the process so much I mean I you know I told people often that I enjoy brewing the beer more than drinking it to be honest with you um, so when I kind of on a whim did that day I wanted that brewing first 
and then the tasting afterwards. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's that's usually how it goes, right? You can't taste the beer before you brew it. Right, right. right? You got to brew it first before you can <laughs> taste it. So, so that's that's a very important part. So, so what got you into homebrewing? I know. That's kind of a, a big thing now with with a lot of these craft breweries that are kind of popping up everywhere. Everybody seems to be cutting their teeth more on like the homebrewing side, which is where you kind of perfect the science behind it and everything like that. So give me kind of a little bit of background of your kind of homebrewing experience. Where did it start? How did it get you passionate about beer? Because I mean, obviously now we see the, I don't want to say the finished product, but we see you who you are now in 2020 of your passion about craft beer. Right, so where did that start? Where did that come from? I was actually, I hadn't thought about it in a while, but I actually was hanging out with a guy in Raleigh uh, yesterday. We were doing some brewery hopping around there, and I actually shared the story with him on how I got into the craft beer scene in Chapel Hill, of all places. Go Wolfpack, by the way. That's right, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I had my brother-in-law. He was kind of drinking some Sam Adams and things like that. He was from Boston, and I'm like, you're you're down here trying to show off. You're from Boston drinking Sam Adams, blah, blah, blah. I was still drinking Coors Light at the time, but my wife and I, we were on a trip in Chapel Hill, and we were at a local brew pub there in Chapel Hill, and I had never had an IPA before. It was all Coors Light and those light adjunct lagers. I refused to order any of the beers by name because they were all Carolina Tar Heel theme so, <laughs> smart man yeah so true, true fandom right there exactly i i told the our server i said yeah, just pick a beer for me and he said ipa i said let's go for it and it at that time it was the best beer and probably it still ranks up there i don't even know what it was anymore but it was just literally an epiphany having all those hops and that flavor it was just it was amazing so that kind of steered me towards the craft beer thing looking into the interesting flavors and things like that that brewers were doing and have been doing for eons yep we just in america hadn't really known about it so then that same my brother-in-law i don't know we just said something one day about we need to try to brew some beer and i looked into it and it looked God awful difficult. Yeah. The cleaning and just, I was like, I'm not gonna, I can, I can just go down the road and buy a beer. That's right. We looked at it more, literally an epiphany. Went to a, a homebrew demo at a local uh, homebrew shop, watched the owner uh, do an all grain batch. Yep. And I thought, I can do that. Had my brother in law join me for another one, another demo. He said, Yeah, we can do this. So we started saving money and getting all of our equipment and things like that and uh, did our first batch six years ago wow. was our first batch just fell in love with it. i can i can remember the, ne- the next morning i woke up smelling the mash and and i told my wife then i said i want to do that that, that I, I want to do that so uh, it just it became a passion then with the brewing that's awesome so we both have a um a friend we both know, Todd Isbell, right? Great guy. Yeah, great guy when he's sleeping. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Todd. You know, I love you. He's actually going to be on our podcast as well too. So be on the lookout. No for way. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got. Cool. Yeah, we got him. Uh, we got him to uh, commit to being on the podcast as well. So, that, that's cool. Um, y'all, y'all need to listen to that one. That will be. That'll be awesome. Yeah, Todd is a wealth of knowledge. So speaking of which, he actually. I'm not going to try to get into the podcast with him, but he actually taught. A brewing class, right? Correct, and you were one of his students, right? Correct, yeah. So I fell in love with the brewing so much that it was literally—I know it sounds like crazy—but it was all I thought about is creating recipes and going through the process and all kinds of things like that. Still smelling, as I was thinking about, it, still smelling what the mash smelled like. 
you know, and that just kind of kept that motivation going. Um, and uh, I, I'm a teacher and coach, and I was at a, at a crossroads in my career that um, I kind of wanted to, to do something else. Um, so the, the brewing thing kind of started coming along, and, and I teach entrepreneurship and marketing. Yep. And my students for years would say, you know, Wilson, why don't you do anything? Why don't you own your own business? Well, I know how to run a business. I know how to market, but I don't know how to do anything else. And then so when the brewing came around, I was like, well, I can do this. And um, so that kind of gave a basis of starting my own business. So I enrolled in the uh, brewing distillation fermentation program at uh, RCC Rockingham Community College. Yep. Great guy named Keith Elliott started it uh, up there. And... When I went in, we were the largest class to go in at the time and the second class to go in. We were the second group to go in. Yeah, still, it's still the largest. Wow. That class that, that I was lucky enough to go in with was, it was filled with phenomenal people. Jeff Shaman, uh, who's at Odin Brewing now, yep, Jordan yep, Miller Jeff, yep. at Joy Mongers, Dan Gamash, and Doug at uh, Natty Greens. Uh, well, I'm going to name drop here. Ryan Jackal. Do it, man. Uh, Joey and Ryan Davidson out at uh, Wise Man. Um, goodness, who else? Sorry, that's all I can think of. All the time. I'm sorry if I missed anybody. It's all right. Hey, they, uh, won't, they probably <laughs> won't listen anyway, so we're good. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it, it was a great time, and then we had just an absolute amazing instructor with Todd. Uh, he really should be doing, and I know he's talked about it, he really should be teaching brewing in the college. He, he should be in academia. Yep. Every time I talk to him about it, he says that he wants to do it, and I kind of am sad to encourage him because that means he'll have to go off somewhere else, um, and I won't be able to see him around anymore. But, um, but yeah, he, he is an amazing instructor. The thing that he did for me and a lot of us uh, as students was we started out homebrewing, and all we knew is, for the most part, you know, you, you take this grain, and you crush it up, and you mix it in with water and boil it and put hops in there, and then you put yeast in. And, and you sit and it in a carboy and let it do its thing, ferment away. A few weeks it comes out and it's beer. Yep, um, five gallons at a time, right, if you're right, lucky. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. And so what he did is he really, uh, he taught us the science and the chemistry that goes into everything, uh, all the aspects of beer. And when I was in high school, I wasn't a very good high school student to begin with, but chemistry was one of my least favorite subjects. I just, I did not get it. I had a great teacher, she was awesome, but I just did not get it. But when Todd was explaining this chemical at this many parts per million, you know, you can taste it and it gives off this flavor and things like that, that's what really got me. And not to get too, beer geeky nerdy but when uh, you know you talk about the enzymes and converting the starches and you know how much starch can you convert and what's that going to do to your end product it, it, awesome just absolutely awesome yeah I mean and, and personally I don't think that's too nerdy or geeky or anything because like what a lot of people don't understand is that there is a ton of a ton of science behind yeah. making beer, right? I know 90% of the job is cleaning because you know you got to have clean lines and clean equipment and everything like that. But there is so much science that goes behind. Um, hey, it, going from grain to tap. There's so much in between that like people don't understand. Like every time I tell someone like, hey, look, a lager is the hardest beer to make. Yeah, they're absolutely. like, what? 
how is that the hardest beer to make? I mean, Budweiser's lager, Coors is lager. I mean, all the main big beers are lagers. But I'm like, that is the hardest beer to make. Because if you mess up anywhere in that process, you're dumping it. If you're a reputable place, you're dumping it. If not, you're throwing more hops in it and you're calling it a <laughs> hazy adjunct. Yeah, or yeah. fruiting it and hiding yeah. all the all the mess ups. I mean, but people, I mean, truly people who aren't homebrewing don't really understand that. Some people do. Some people get that. But there's a, a big majority that really don't understand that there is so much that goes into that. And the biggest jump going from like, a five-gallon carboy on on a homebrew system to a hey man we're going full commercial production on a ten or fifteen barrel system. You can't just you know say oh I'm gonna quadruple or right. make yeah. the, the the ingredients ten times right. It's like going from baking a dozen cookies to saying hey now you got to bake for thirty thousand people. You can't just you know multiply the recipe. It's got to be. Well, you yeah, got to do it all out. There, you've got that aspect. You've got to know the science behind it to be able to do the conversions. But then also, you know, it's an average fifty bucks if you go, uh, you know, all your ingredients for a ten-gallon batch. You know, you start doing ten barrels. You're just talking about hundreds and thousands of dollars that you're playing around with there. Yeah. That that could, uh, if you make a mistake, that's that's an issue. Right. I mean, so I can see, I can understand the financial aspect of wanting to change said beer into something else rather than pouring thousands right. of dollars. Oh down yeah, the absolutely. So I can I can see that side of it, right? But you also get a, a different kind of respect for the places that say, "Hey, we're dumping it because it's yeah. not to our standards. This isn't what it was supposed to be, and we're not going to try to mask it and make it something it wasn't." Yeah, that's definitely a, a noble gesture to, to to do that. But going back to like you were talking about with the loggers, like I said yesterday, I was hanging out with a, a guy in Raleigh. I'm gonna give him an Instagram plug if that's all right. Go for it, man. Uh, I review beer uh, out in New Mexico. He's from uh, Albuquerque. Nice. He's in uh, North Carolina for a few weeks for work. He's in a so, great state for beer. Uh, yeah, and and he loves. He he was here uh, in April uh, working in Asheville. And I feel he, so bad for him. He, yeah. <laughs> Three weeks in Asheville, right? And uh, he's, there's no good beer out there. <laughs> yeah, he he said when uh, when that popped up at work, the email for to go to Asheville for three weeks or so, he jumped on it quick. Oh yeah. And then um, Henderson, uh, North Carolina, came up again. He said once I saw North Carolina, uh, I was getting into it. So, um, but yeah, I review beer. Ben, he's he's a great guy. But we were talking about the the loggers and how clean they are and things like that, and we were actually talking about the macros. Um, and you know, it's pretty amazing what they do. You know, business ethics aside, but it's pretty amazing what they do to make thousands and thousands of barrels at one time and have the same exact clean beer come out the same way every time. It's and it's pretty phenomenal what they yeah. do. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, of course, ethics aside, right? I mean, not trying to promote them, but I mean, to be able to nail it over and over and over again, right? I mean, I try to explain to people and they're like, you know, oh, that's just, you know, it's it's, it's piss water, it's bubble this and that, right? I look, I understand. I'm I'm not for big beer, right? I don't I don't I don't like the ethics behind it, right? Like I think any normal person in the craft beer world doesn't, right? But you got to figure. I mean. The guy who only drinks a macro brew 
and that's all he drinks. If that recipe changes in the littlest bit, oh, yeah. he's gonna know. He's making a phone he's call. He's gonna know, <laughs> right? I mean, so the fact that they can nail that every single time without fail, consistently, I mean, I wouldn't say without fail, because there's been plenty of fails, but there's something to be said about that, especially because it is the hardest beer style to make. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, like I said, ethics aside, what they do, everything like that, I'm not a fan of, but just looking from a pure, wow, I can't believe you're continually nailing this. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It, you know, their business ethics is one thing, but they are a business, and they're a public, publicly traded business, so they have to answer to their shareholders and things like that, and they're, they're all about bottom line, which... It's so awesome about the craft beer industry. It's more about the product and a kind of a artisanal type thing. Um, you know, we see all the time breweries co- uh, collaborating together, uh, which is so awesome. You Love know, it. breweries want other breweries to locate right beside of them yep. because it just brings in more traffic and things like that. Hundred percent. We get mad at them uh, on, on what they do buying up the breweries, but. I mean, I have a business background, so I understand what they're doing as well uh, on that end. But just to say this, too, uh, when I was at Rockham Community College, Tom Epplett, who was the head tech brewer up there, was one of our instructors. And, I mean, he was a brewer. He was president of the American uh, Brewers Association at the time. And he was kind of like, you know, I got all this technology and equipment and things like that that I, I, I get to use to make this beer. But he said, when it comes down to it, I'm a brewer. And he yeah. home brewed and things like that. So That's awesome. All right, so I want to kind of shift gears a little bit here. Right. You're, you're in a whole nother world that I personally am not in yet. And that's the beer trading world, right? There's this whole underground world of people who trade beers. I've always found it so fascinating. It's almost like a secondary market, really, um, about people who, you know, trade beers, right? So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time. And, you know, whenever a brewery releases a new beer, a lot of times you see people, like, blowing up being like, ISO, 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 in search of. Right. Right. I have X beer to offer. I have access to... Or trade. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff like that, right? So um, one of the things that you mentioned to me when... You know, you, you muled some beers from me up from Charlotte, and yeah. you were like, hey, man, they all of a sudden put an allotment on this beer, and a couple of these beers are already spoken for in trade, right? So, obviously, there's people that you have connections with. There's people that, obviously, a lot of people do this. So, kind of kind of let us in behind the curtain. Let us know, like, what that, what that world is like. I mean, I have a picture in my head of what it's like, but... Maybe, I think what you might be getting at, I actually... I'm probably not the best person for that, that whole underground second market kind of beer trading. Um, Cause yeah, I, I trade beer, um, you know, send people beer, they send me uh, beer, but the way that I trade um, is I send you my local for your local. Yeah, which you tell me, which I think is great, right? Yeah. You're, you're not a whale trader, no, right? No. You're not being like, hey, I have a, $300 beer, I want to trade for your $300 beer, yeah. X, Y, and Z, right? I think that's a, personally, I think, you know, from the outside looking, yeah, I think that's a very sustainable way to do that, right? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, it's kind of a, I mean, getting into the whole thing, it's kind of a, a tricky thing. I mean, I kind of play that because when we had Wicked Weed was before they uh, sold out and became, um, you know, part of AB InBev, and um, it, it was nice to have them as my. I'm quoting, unquoting, local. Yeah. Yep. Um, because people 
wanted it. I mean, it had like that high market value on that that um, that underground level, I guess. Uh, and then burial came along, and yep. people were were wanting burial. Um, but again, and then now resident culture is one that that a lot of people are starting to learn about. Even Which on great. top of that, love resident culture. I would kind of uh, kind of throw those up front, mm-hmm. you know. But then I would I would send off other beers from smaller breweries around in North Carolina to try to promote them out as well. Um, because, like I said. It, I send my local, and, and I tell the people that I trade with, I only want what's from, in, in our first initial trade, yep. um, I only want what's from your state that you live in, and I want them to be your local favorites. I don't care if it's, you know, you, people are wanting this beer and things like that. I want your favorites that you can get. You know, if it's a shelfie that, that, that you love, send it to me because I can't get it here. Right. I actually have a, a goal and I'm not anywhere close to it, but I want to trade uh, local North Carolina beer for uh, or with every, with someone in all 50 states. I nice. want to be able to get local beer uh, from all 50 states out. I'm not a few of them out, but some of them are. It's hard to make some connections with people in some of those. Yeah, speak, uh, speaking of that, like so, so how do you how do you make those connections right off the bat, right? Do are you scouring like like you know? Okay, so for example, you brought up resident culture, right? So you were just down at their two year anniversary. They had their crazy, ridiculously thick like imperial stout, twice yeah. as lonely and twice as lonely on coffee, right? Another shameless plug, fourteen and a half percent, right? Yeah. Bottle only. You know, at first there was no allotment, then like tons of people showed up, so then there was an allotment, right? Right, which is the That's way it fine. should be. So everybody gets some. I'm not, I'm not, no complaints on that. I'm, I'm all for everybody getting some, right? So, do you then reach out to the people who post on their social media, being like, "Hey, I'm in search of, I'm in search of," or is it, "Hey, I'm just trying to work the network of people that I already know to be like, hey, do, do you happen to want this beer because?" Hey, I know you live in a state where I haven't traded with you yet, but I kind of know you. We've interacted together. Like, how how do you find those people, right? How do you find fifty people in fifty different states? Well, it's I mean, that are it, reputable, right? Because one of the biggest yeah, fears is, hey, I'm sending you my stuff. What's going to make you send me your stuff? Yeah, right? I've been so, stuck a couple of times. Yeah, so I mean, you're all you know you know each other on a social media form, which people can very easily hide behind a keyboard or Instagram, in this case, a cell phone, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you follow somebody, they follow you, you just, you get to talk and comment on their post and, you know, through direct message and things like that. And, uh, I mean, you just get to know them. And, I mean, as you know, that that's how we met, yep. was through Instagram. Yeah, actually how... How we met was, you know, you won one of our very first contests. We made hats. That's that's right. And that, when I was like, "Hey, man, I'll meet you at Joymongers," and you're like, "Girl, we'll be there." And that's that's, that's right. literally yeah. how we met was was through Instagram and a giveaway. And, and, and I mean, some really good friendships have developed through meeting these people. But like you were talking about, you have to be very careful. I got stuck. Luckily, only <laughs> twice. It's still I still get a little upset thinking about that. You know, I sent beer to people, lots of money, you know? Yeah. And they didn't send back, and that's going to happen. You just kind of take it as it is. There's some Instagram profiles out there that are, you know, bad beer traders, mm. calling people out and things like that. And so, I mean, that, that just comes, it comes with the territory. Everything has its risk. 
Gotcha. Um, but like I said, I don't chase those what we call wells, which are those hard-to-get beers that everybody... Monkish is a brewery out in California that yep. everybody wants. It's hard to get because people stand in line for a long time um, to try to get their beers. And, um, you know, I don't, I've never had Monkish because I just... If somebody's willing to send it to me, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but I'm not going to go in search of, yeah. you know. Um, it's just like I'm, I'm not going to wait in line at a brewery. Uh, sorry to say I'm not going to wait in a long line at a brewery for a, a, a release of a beer. Yeah, I mean. There's too much good beer out there. Yeah, I mean, and, and to each their own, right? There's some people that, like, that's what they love to do. They love the camaraderie of the line, right? The line is kind of a... A microcosm of its own, right? Where you get to meet people and talk to people and interact with people and, you know, get the human connection with the beer, right? Beer, I mean, I'm a a strong proponent of beer brings people together, right? Absolutely. And the the line, I think, has its place. I mean, not everybody loves the line. Not everybody loves standing out there for hours, you know, just to be like, hey, I got this beer, right? But people do love that. And, you know, I, I can say personally, I've never waited in a huge long line, but I know that if I was stuck in a line, I mean, I would... I would bring some beers and then just share with people around me and get to know You'd people. You'd be friends with everybody yeah. there. But yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> I but, 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 that's, but that's, to me, that's what the beer world is all about. Yeah, right? absolutely. Beer was never meant to be bougie. It wasn't. Yes, it was yeah. not meant to be bougie, <laughs> but you take a lot of people who are just like, oh, I'm better than you, and I got this beer, and you don't, so therefore I'm better than you. It's like, yeah. man, it's that's not what this was about, right? Beer was never meant to be like that. It was meant to be inclusive, meant to like bring everybody in and just, hey, man, we're just trying to have a good time, right? right. We're not trying to like say who's better than the other and one up the other person of like, oh, you got this beer, well, I got that beer, and I waited on it, and just like, cool, bro, awesome. Great. Hope you enjoyed the beer. Yeah. No, I traded it away, and I never tried it. I'm like, okay, well, good for you then. I'm, did, were you? Did you have? Did you enjoy yourself the whole time? You know, that's to me. That's that's what beer should be about. It should be fun. It should be approachable, where anybody can get into this world. It's not like a special club where it's like, man, you got to have a, a members pass or like say the magic word, and then you're in the beer world. You're in the club. It's like, no, man, bring everybody in. The more, the merrier. Yeah. The more I, people that we can get to enjoy it, the better it is. And from what I understand, a lot of those lines that we're talking about, a lot of people, they'll, they'll bring in their own beers and they'll pour and share and all kinds of things like that. That's like when I went down to Resident Culture, that was one thing that they did is they had a huge beer share and um, uh, gave, gave out numbers. And then they had the numbers kind of like how you how you uh, load an airplane yeah they just start like like out. southwest yeah they just start <laughs> all right all the b's let's go all yeah. the c's let's go yeah. and that was pretty good because you weren't standing in line but which makes sense right and you can enjoy your time there and you're not like oh my god i was on my feet for four yeah. and a half hours right or whatever it may be and 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 i i did hear one comment that said somebody somebody said something about half these guys probably have this on uh facebook already with a price price tag on it and you, know, you just you hate to hit but that's what some people are willers and willer and dealers and that's, yeah. they like to do that and um, you know, and, and again to, to, to each their own i mean if, if exactly that's, if that's what makes you happy then who are we to tell you hey man you shouldn't be doing that exactly I mean, right and I, I mean that's like beer not everybody likes the same beer right everybody's yeah. got a different palate exactly and that's the beautiful part of it all right so now the time has come. The moment all of our listeners have been waiting for. Um, we are actually going to be recording this for our YouTube channel, so you guys can check it out on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see the awful faces we make with a one-year-old uh, beer, you can definitely check that out. 
we will put this up on um, on YouTube. I got my lovely wife, uh, shameless plug, three knife three on Instagram. Um, she puts up with a lot of my crap. Thank God. Um, it is a very true story. You can probably hear her say that. Uh, but she's going to be recording this. So uh, without further ado, we are going to uh, try this beer that is now just a little bit over a year, year old. Five days. Uh, year, year and five, five days. days. Not that we're counting. We are. <laughs> um, so I'll, uh, I'll pour you the first pour. We can take a look at what it looks like uh, and kind of go from there. And let's see here. So I'll tell you a little bit about this beer because obviously um, you're listening to it on the podcast first. So I'll explain it. Uh, this is Treehouse's Doppelganger. It's an American double IPA. It's 8.2%. Um, it is a hazy IPA from the look of it. I don't know if it was intended to be hazy, but maybe the year of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sitting in the can uh, made it hazy. But uh, but here we go, man. Cheers. Cheers. So we're going to try it together. Still smells pretty good. What's your initial thoughts? It's lost a lot of the floral hoppy. Pretty bitter. Yep. Which is expected. Yep. Um, definitely not as floral as the as it was when it was fresh. A lot more bitter on the end, but um, yeah, I mean, not bad. I, de- I, I, I could drink this. So if, if, if I didn't tell you that was a year old, would you know it was a year old? Mm. Yeah? Since I had never had it before. Right. If you've never had this beer fresh? Probably not. Um, See, to me, I'm not, a, I'm not a big IPA guy, right? Everybody who knows me knows that I'm not a big, like, oh, my God, I'm a big hophead. That is not me, right? So if you had just given that to me, I'd, I would be like, well, yeah, it tastes like a New England-style IPA, right? Yeah. And not knowing what hops they use to be like, oh, man, what was the player? I've never had this beer fresh. I had a friend send it to me. So and it doesn't say the hops that they did use. I don't, I don't know. And, again, I, I know there's probably a lot of people out there that could, like, rattle off what hops are Absolutely. in all these. So, so if, if somebody is listening in and they know uh, what hops are using Doppelganger, man, definitely let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, enjoy you can find Fresh. Us on Instagram. Yeah, Enjoy Fresh. Um, they didn't say when, though. They didn't say Enjoy Fresh when, right? Hey, it was fresh a year ago. It's still fresh now. I mean, it was freshly cold. Well played. You know, they didn't They didn't specify. Um, so we're going to leave that as an open interpretation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean it, like, like we were talking about. It doesn't about, suck. No. Right? It's, it's not a, oh, my God, I drank it and I want to spit it out everywhere. Yeah, it's got a lot of bitterness, a lot of, a lot of maltiness there. Definitely not that floral. No. But, I mean, but, I've, but I've had But it held the nose pretty well, which I was surprised. Yeah. Like, you can smell it and be like, yep, yeah. that's an IPA. I mean, it has a little bit of a... Yeah, a little bit of, of an off, off, I don't want to say off flavor, but it definitely doesn't, it's not a fresh IPA, right? right? And you can tell why, you know, they say, hey, drink this thing fresh, so. A little darker, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. No, no, I could, yeah, I could definitely kill it. I mean, so, so there you have it, matter man. of fact. I mean, Treehouse, <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, man, fill it back up. Let's go for it. So, Treehouse, Doppelganger, over a year old, I'll, uh. I'll show you guys the bottom of the can because they give a tribute to uh, to Stan Lee, um, you know, since you know he died a year, a year ago, ago. <laughs> a year ago or more. Um, that we're now uh, getting to the tribute of it. And the one thing I noticed from here, I don't know if you noticed it on YouTube, is there's, there's no floaties, yeah. no uh, no uh, yeasties uh, floating around there. Yeah, so you just drained it too, right? Yeah, this is this is gone, gone. I mean, there's there's nothing coming out. Usually with these, you'll see a lot of sediment and stuff that settles right. to the bottom, especially in these older beers, but. Um, yeah, so here's the bottom there. I don't know if you can see it for the YouTube. I'm showing people on YouTube here, so you'll have to watch the video to see uh, see the tribute to Stan Lee and when it was canned and everything like that. So uh, oh, there we go. We got my, my producer uh, coming in strong with the uh, with the flashlight here. So so we're good to go on that. But um, yeah, 
Doppelganger, Treehouse, right there in Massachusetts. Well done, folks. You, uh, your IPAs are good enough to last a year. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely not gonna throw this out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I want to say I'm surprised, but at the same time, I kind of had a sneaking suspicion of like, you know, Treehouse makes good stuff. The, the cans, the engineering behind cans now are so much better that you can age beers, right? Your, your darker beers, your bourbon barrel aged yeah. beers, right? Because they have that wax lining on them, right? 10, 15 years ago, you'd have the metallic taste of the aluminum seeping yeah. in and all sorts of stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so I, I can remember, and I don't know how much time we have left and all that, but I can remember the, what, the, when, when the craft beer, that kind of bottling meant it was like craft beer, you know, back you know, a few years ago, yep. six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Yeah, if you were putting it in a can, you weren't, you weren't craft beer. Right, right. And that's one thing that the wonderful Todd Isbell he taught us about the science is how, and you know, everybody wanted bottled beer, but they were like, oh, keg beer is so much better. Keg beer is so good. It's so fresher. What? Yeah, it's so good. Well, because, you know, it's completely opaque. You don't get any sunlight in there. Uh, no light struck hops. I mean, if this, if this was a year old out of a bottle, we would not be. Oh, we would not it, be finishing yeah. this beer. There's no way in hell. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's, I think that's a, a, a big kudos to where craft beer has come, where it's brought everything else along with it, the packaging, the design. I mean, everything. Yeah, um, got to give it up to Oscar Blues on that one. They're the ones that really pioneered that. Or I don't want to say pioneered, but really push that canning. You know, yeah. totally 100% recyclable. A lot cheaper on breweries and things like oh, 100%. that. 100%. So, I mean, and there's yeah. so many more breweries now going to cans that have been, hey, yeah. we're 100% bottled. Foothills, great example, yeah, right? All bottles, hey, we're going that. to cans. Uh, yeah. So many people are going that route. It's cheaper to ship it. Uh, you don't have breakage. Um, and beers hold up. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, as as a home brewer, uh, I kind of didn't like seeing all the breweries going to cans because now what am I going to do about bottles for my homebrew? Yeah. But now, just like, you know, the way marketing works, there are, uh, you know, like the crowlers, yep. how breweries have crowlers, are for sale and you can buy a crowler in a palette of cans as a home brewer so that's fantastic that's uh everything kind of evolves as 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 it goes along yeah which is great and right, as man. a home brewer to be able to can your own beer that's awesome <laughs> that is pretty cool <laughs> and that is very cool and i've seen a lot of home brewers start to do that now all right so treehouse they left a uh, a nice little uh so for the people who aren't on the youtube it says uh, r.i.p mr lee Fare thee well, old friend, for uh, Stan Lee. And it was, uh, it was canned on 11 13 18. Uh, we are now at 11, um, 7, 11 18 19. Um, so we're going to leave you on this one last question for you, Ken, and then we'll let you get out of here. Who is your favorite superhero and why? Batman. Why? Because of Michael Keaton. Actually, I, yeah, the whole movie. Batman, you Michael. Michael Keaton, yes, Batman? But. Over Jack. Val Kilmer, Batman? <laughs> Come on, man. Jack, Jack Nicholson, Joker. <laughs> yes. Still cannot be beat. I haven't seen the new movie, but... Come on. Better than the Jim Carrey Joker and the Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, Come was, on, man. Danny DeVito and the I Penguin. I love it. Yeah, dude, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was great. So, yeah. Batman, yeah, because absolutely. of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton sealed the deal for well, you. This, Mr. That, Mom. That movie, 
Yeah. This the whole movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. Absolutely. I love it, man. Maybe well, not Ken. necessarily Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, he, he evolved too. Just much much like the beer world and the canning world, he evolved from Mr. Mom to Batman. And hopefully we all can strive to go from Mr. Mom to Batman. Yeah. So, Ken, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for your Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Appreciate you. you, man. Love what you're doing in the beer world, man. It's fun. Continue doing what you got to do. And, uh, hey, guys, uh, appreciate you all listening in. Definitely check out our YouTube video if you want to see uh, our reactions and see what the beer looks like as we're drinking it, tasting it, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, hey, and we're uh, we're live here at the Brewer's Kettle in High Point, so uh, appreciate it uh, to Dave Armstrong for uh, letting us use his spot. So uh, we record all our podcasts here, so if uh, you're in the area and you want to come out, uh, come say hi. Just don't uh, interrupt the podcast, otherwise I'll uh, throw beer on you. Just kidding. Love you guys. Cheers. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you'd like to find out more of what we do on a daily basis, check us out on Instagram at nc underscore beer underscore pride or on Facebook at nc beer pride. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, you'd be so kind enough as to rate the episode. That really helps us out a bunch as well. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll check you guys out in the next one. Cheers, y'all.